climbing when the sun comes up and driving when the sun goes down the hum of 18 wheels lord that's a lonely sound i spend all day chasing that old white line i've been on the road so long i've lost track of time now it don't Hey friends, this is Gary Rayburn of Lonesome Road Ministries, and we've got an awesome program for you. I know you're going to enjoy it today, and you're going to want to get more copies of this, so give us a call, 618-383-2107, or log on to lonesomeroad.org. Or you can email me at gary.lonesomeroad at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Now sit back. Listen and enjoy today's program from Lonesome Road Ministries, Church on the Road. Give us a call. We look forward to hearing from you. I keep those wheels turning from town to town. There's so much I got to see. I got to look around. I got diesel smoke rolling. From two chrome stacks, my address is 408 414 big blue mac now it don't matter where i'm going i just gotta drive i have the white line fever to the day that i die i said 18 wheels rolling on the road it is my life 18 wheels rolling on the road it is my Look who we got riding along with us today. Hey, how you mama them? They good. They all good. That's uh, Chaplain Dennis McKay. Mm-hmm. He's a new chaplain for Lonesome Road Ministries, Channel 21 Ministries, and he's riding along with us now. He's getting up in the cab with us. And I guess I'll get in the back, Gary. I'll sit back here in the back out of the way and yeah. snack on these snacks this driver's got back here. Oh, boy. We're what you call virtual truck drivers we're virtual truck drivers yep yeah we're the the has-beens but it's exciting to have dennis mckay with us up in the cab of the truck he brings a different perspective Uh, basically brings some common sense to the group (laughs) yeah i'm i'm just honored to be a part of this man this is this is a great way to share the love of christ and get to talk about some good truck driving that's it it's the real people the real deal well, it's going to be a good day today. We have our good friend, Bill Shell with us today, and he's going to share his uh, life story. Bill and, and Donita are still living through this story that you're going to hear today. Yeah. It's not over, and it, it probably won't be over until they see Jesus. But their faith is as strong now or stronger than it ever was. That's why. We need to be men and women of God 
because if something like this happens to you, we don't stumble, we don't fall back, we press on. And that's what Bill and his wife has done and his family. Keeping our eyes on Jesus, that's right. the author and finisher of our faith. That's right. Gary, you think we'll be able to play a song of Bill's before we get started? I think we better. I think we better let people know just exactly how great a singer Bill Shell is. He is. And he, a songwriter. He wrote song. these songs. Yep, yep. So here's Bill Shell, and this is a song that gets requested every year at our conference. Everybody just loves Bill Shell, and you're going to love him too. Song that we've had a request for. I'll do this one, and then I'm going to share some things with you. And, and uh, I've, I've done this every year that we've been here, and I just keep getting requests for it. And I'm glad that we do. It's a song that has not grown old to me. I'm thankful that the shepherd left heaven for me.
so thankful for the shepherd who left heaven for me. So undeserving. So undeserving. But he loved you and I that much to leave the portals of heaven Bob to come on and take on a fleshly robe and to pay the price, the ransom price for me and you. Oh my, I'm thankful for the shepherd. Thank you for praying for us. What a ride. Uh, many of you in here know what we've been through. And I say that term very loosely, been through. We're not through it yet. Uh, you know, we're holding on. We get up every day and uh, Candy, we face the day and do the best we can with it. You know what that's like, don't you? Right now, yeah. Thank you for praying. Our life changed drastically, I will tell you. You know, I, I read in the scripture, and I, I promise not to preach. Yeah. I've been known to say that and go ahead and do it anyway. Yeah. But I read in the scripture, in the book of Mark, in chapter number 4, and I'm going to paraphrase real quickly here, very, very loosely. And you know the story that's given to us where Jesus had been teaching, and then they're going to go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Now, let's understand this. Jesus is with them, okay? Jesus is right there with them. They're not out there on their own. They're not out there doing something that's sideways. Jesus is with them. He's even in the boat. And the word says that there arose a storm on the sea. Now, the Sea of Galilee is not very large. And it's not, not tremendously deep. So when the winds get up, it gets very rough very quickly from what I understand. Very turbulent. But if you look at that word and you can translate what verse number 37 says to this, and suddenly the storm arose. Suddenly the storm arose. Folks, let me tell you something. You can kind of plan for those things that you see forecasted off out there in the future somewhere. But when there's a knock at your door at midnight, suddenly things change. Life takes on a new role. A knock at the door and I went and there stood a uniformed officer. And he says, Mr. Shell, I'm sorry to inform you of what has happened. There had been a rollover accident. My son had gone through the windshield part of the way, was hung under the dash the rest of the way. 
had to get him out of the car, broke all to pieces. Big man, six foot six, six foot seven. Big man in a small car, had his family with him. His wife was driving. And in a construction zone, and, and they lost the car, and, and it rolled over. And my son was life-flighted immediately into his, This happened just down the road from here, to be honest with you. And my son was flown to Indiana to a, to a hospital, life-flight. But they said, your daughter-in-law and your granddaughter has been taken to the hospital. They're not seriously injured. But Mr. Shell, we're sorry to inform you that your grandson didn't make it. So we load up in the car to take off, to go to them. My granddaughter, my daughter-in-law is in a small hospital down in El Dorado, the next town down. We get there, and they're not there. They have life-flighted them to Indiana. So we head to Indiana. We go in. Folks, there's some things that a dad should not have to do. I had to tell my daughter-in-law, that her son was gone. Shouldn't have to do that. We went in the door and they said, the granddaughter is seriously injured. And we're getting ready to life flight her on to Indianapolis now. And someone has to go to Indianapolis. My wife looks at me and said, you've got to go. I can't go. I said, okay. I said, can I see my son before we leave? And they said, yes, you can see your son. And I went and seen him where I thought would be the last time I would ever see him. And then I left. They had a car waiting for me at the back door of the hospital. And they put me in the car at 3 o'clock in the morning and drove me to Indianapolis to the hospital where my granddaughter had already been flown to. We got there and found out that her neck was broken. She has spinal cord injuries. Her pelvis is broken. She's three years old. And they told me, our goal at this point is to get her through the night. And this went on for several days. She was on 100% life support for four weeks. My son was on 100% life support for four weeks. I was in Indianapolis with my granddaughter. My wife was in Evansville with my daughter-in-law and son. And the grandbaby back in Illinois in the morgue. I thought, Lord, why? We don't know anybody in Indianapolis. Why? So far from family, going to be there by myself. Nobody to lean upon. Folks, let me tell you something. The church, we've got to be there for people to lean upon. Okay? Now, who am I talking about the church? I'm not talking about the building. I'm talking about the sold out, born again, believer in Jesus Christ. That's the church. And I said, Lord, I don't know folks up here. I'm there, it's, it's a Sunday, okay? It's a Sunday. And I'm sitting there in that room. My granddaughter spent eight hours in surgery that day trying to repair a broken neck. 
I sat there and it wasn't till about noon somewhere along in there. And all of a sudden, you know, God began to speak to me and he said, I know right where you are at. Let me tell you something, folks. If you ever thought you could run from God, you better rethink this thing. Jonah tried that. Didn't work out quite so good. God knew where he was even in the belly of that fish. God said, I know right where you are at. And you know, it wasn't but about 30 minutes till there was a lady that came right around the door of that room where we were at. We're in the ICU unit in, in Raleigh Hospital in Indianapolis, Indiana. And there was a lady came around that door and she yelled out, I'm looking for Bill. I said, well, I'm, I'm right here. She said, my name is so-and-so, and she happened to be a doctor that was on the life flight team that flew tiny babies all over the United States. She said, I have a friend who is a pastor up in Ohio, and he called me a while ago and said, you were here. I don't know how he knew it. I don't even know who he is. But my, the pastor called me from a church in Ohio and told me that I needed to come to the hospital and find Bill. God knows where we're at. I thought about that as God began to move and, and, it, and, and, and a few people... Uh, a couple other pastors from in town was soon there. I didn't know them either. They had got a call and said, you need to go to the hospital. And they came and, and, and different ones from the community of Indianapolis, whom I had never met before, came to that hospital. And God said, see, I knew where you was at all the time. Folks, let me tell you something. You may be out on the road. You may be on the east coast or the west coast or trying to get there from either end. But I'm going to tell you something. God knows where you're at. But you know what else He knows? He knows what kind of condition your life's in. And He knows what you're going through. He knows how you're hurting. He knows what's going on. I can tell you that for sure. It was a long week. I didn't leave that hospital. I, didn't leave the, I did not leave that hospital room. I went in there on Sunday morning. I did not leave that hospital room until 1 a.m. the following Sunday or following Saturday. 1 a.m. I walked out. And the only reason I did was because I had to drive to Illinois. You know, there's some other things that it, Grandpa shouldn't have to do. Did you ever try to buy a coffin over the telephone? A little one? It's difficult. You shouldn't have to do that. But God knew. I drove to Illinois for Saturday morning. We was going to have a service for my five-year-old. Pouring down rain. Pouring down rain. Crowd had gathered. We, could, we didn't even have the time to be able to go and have uh, an actual visitation and service. I hadn't seen, our family had not even been together since the accident. We had not seen each other. We met at the cemetery. 
Hundreds showed up. These guys were there. Hundreds showed up in the pouring down rain as we handed that little cow off to the Lord. As soon as the service was over, we all went our different directions again. We couldn't spend any time together. We didn't even get to eat lunch. We got in the car and I drove headed toward Indianapolis. I, took, I was taking my wife back to Evansville, dropping her out. And I was going on to Indianapolis. We got to Mount Vernon, Indiana. Oh, I was tired. Was tired. And I told my wife, I said, I can't go any farther. I've got to stop a few minutes. And I pulled in the McDonald's parking lot. And I'm going to tell you something. I believe it was by design. But I pulled in the McDonald's parking lot and just laid over on the steering wheel and went to sleep. I slept for 15 minutes or so. And got up and we hadn't had a bite to eat. And so we went into McDonald's. And usually we don't go into McDonald's. But we went into McDonald's to get us a sandwich and we were, we were trying to, uh, to eat and get on out of there. And, and there happened to be a gentleman come in that I'll never forget as long as I live. I could see him today. He came in and he was grumbling about everything. Oh my goodness. Y'all have seen those, haven't you? He was grumbling about everything in life in general. And he sat down right behind my wife and I and, and the restaurant was was scarcely populated and why he sat down there I don't know but he sat down right behind us and all I could hear was him sitting there by himself and complaining and complaining and complaining and complaining and complaining and to be real honest with you what I wanted to do was turn around and say shut up <laughs> but I didn't instead I got up from the seat where I was sitting and turned around and moved into his seat. And I said, partner, is there something I can help you with? He said, I'm just having a bad day. I said, I understand. I said, sometimes that happens. Sometimes we have bad days. Is there something I can help you with? He said, I just need a good day. I said, I understand. I said, so do I. I said, let me tell you. I said, I have a son that's laying in the hospital on 100% life support. I'm headed up there now. I have a granddaughter that's lying in Indianapolis on 100% life support. We don't know if she's going to make the night. Three years old. And I said, I have just left the cemetery and buried my five-year-old grandson. I understand about needing a good day. Now what can I do to help you have a good day? He said, I guess you do need a good day, don't you? I said, now let me tell you something. I choose to believe in a God that knows about my needs. And I choose to believe that my God 
can meet my needs no matter how big they are. I choose to believe that he hears when I pray and when I talk to him. And I said, I choose to believe that he can help you right now. Will you allow me to pray for you? No. No, I'm, I want to eat my sandwich before it gets cold. And he said, there's other people in here. I said, you're right, there's other people in here. And I said, I promise you, I won't embarrass you. But I said, I would like to call your name to the Lord in prayer. That God would help you to have a better day. He says, no, I'm not ready for that. I said, well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to honor what you've told me. But I said, well, here's what I'm going to do on my part. As I leave here, I'm going to be talking to the Lord about your needs. And I got up and went back to the seat. My wife and I got up and left the restaurant. You know what? That sandwich that he wanted to eat, I don't know. I guess it didn't taste quite so good now because he threw it in the trash and left. I Go figure. I don't know. But we went back to the hospital. I let my wife out in Evansville and I drove on to Indianapolis. When my daughter-in-law was able and got out of the hospital, she also was in ICU in Evansville. She came to Indianapolis to sit with the granddaughter and I came back to Evansville to sit with my son and my wife went home to sit with uh, the 12-year-old of my sons that was not in the car with them the night they had the accident. So we're still split up to who wouldn't have it. Day after day, I stood in that hospital room, Jim, and I began to quote to my son, whom was completely out of it, 100% life support, both legs broke all to pieces, right arm broke here and here. He looked like a robot, had steel all over him where they had, had put pins in his legs and his arms and everywhere. And his pelvis was broken and, and Madison's pelvis was also broken. His pelvis was broken, had to put screws in that. They've got steel rods in his legs and, and it broke every rib on, the, on his right side, collapsed his lungs. He can't say a word. He's completely out of it. Gary, I stood at the front of that bed and I began to quote to him Acts chapter 3 and verse number 6. Peter is talking to the man beside the gate and he said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You can rise up and walk. I shared with him Danny day after day after day that scripture. No idea that he ever heard one word. Four weeks later he wakes up. I'm standing there beside the bed. I had to tell him.
that his son was God. We talked. And he said, Dad, he said, what is it? Scripture that we've been talking about. I said, what? He said, you know, Bob, that scripture that we've been talking about. And I thought, and I said, David, would this be it? I said, silver and gold have I none. Such as I have, give unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You can rise up and walk. He said, that's it. That's it. He had been hearing all the time. And I told him, I said, son, let me tell you something. That's our verse. We're claiming that. That belongs to us. I said, you need it? And I said, to be honest with you, I need it. I said, Madison needs it. The whole family needs it. So we'll claim that to be our verse. In the name of Jesus, you can rise up and walk. My son came home from the hospital two weeks ago. He's been in since November 21. He can take a few steps behind a walker, by the way. It looks like he's going to have to go back to the hospital for much more surgery. But he can walk a few steps behind a walker. My three-year-old granddaughter is paralyzed from the chest down. But we've not seen the rest of the story yet. For the word says, In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you may rise up and walk. We are speaking healing this day. We are believing for a healing this day. We have not yet seen, but we do believe in the touch of Jesus Christ. We're believing that girl is, she's been home from the hospital, I don't know, five weeks, something like that. She, she was in uh, Indianapolis until January 1 and then she was transferred to Chicago. So she's been home just a few weeks as well. Suddenly, the storm arose. Even with Jesus on board, storms arise. But I'm going to tell you something. Jesus does not leave and forsake us when the water gets rough. He doesn't leave us in the boat to drift alone. He doesn't leave us without help and without hope. My, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and His righteousness. The old songwriter said, 
So I can tell you today, our foundation has not shaken. Our world is upside down. Oh my goodness. It has been praying people that has bombarded the kingdom of heaven, that has provided to us the strength as Jesus has answered, that we are able to stand this day. And in the midst of this, I'm at the hospital with David. He's having surgery again. We're all scattered out. I'm the only one at the hospital. And my wife receives a phone call at home and says, you need to come to Indiana because your husband has collapsed. And I flatlined twice in the emergency room. In the middle of all this. But never one moment have we been left alone. So here's the thing. Let me tell you. I've got several challenges from this. One don't ever think you're in a place where that God doesn't know where you are. He knows. And don't think that you're in such a mess that God can't get you through. I don't know how He's going to do it, but God's going to get us through. Amen. And don't ever think that you're excluded from the storms of life. We're not promised that. But we are promised that He will never leave us and He will never forsake us. Don't ever think that you're without hope because there is hope in Christ Jesus and He alone. And He alone. One more challenge. Grandmas and grandpas and moms and dads Put your arms around them babies. Love them. Hug them. Kiss them till they're sick of it. <laughs> like it's the last time you will ever see them. Because it could be. See, suddenly storms arise. But Jesus moves upon the scene and says, Peace, be still. You know, I've seen God at work. Oh, yeah. Candy, our hearts are breaking. You know about that, young lady. Heart's breaking. God knows about it. These praying people will strengthen you through the power of God. They will. So the message is, pray, pray, and pray for those lives that you encounter that God will work in their situation. They may need salvation. They may need a family put back together. They may be going through a storm that's overwhelming. You pray, God will answer. You pray, and God will answer. Thank you for your prayers and your support to our family in the past
months. It's been overwhelming. But the power of God and your prayers has got us this far. Please keep it up. Please keep it up, folks. We are not defeated. We're not defeated. We're going on with Jesus Christ. Our foundation is sure. Gary, come on. died right now, do you know if you would go to heaven? If you were standing at the gates and the angel asked you, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say? Do you know the answer? 
There is only one answer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Jesus is the doorway to heaven. Acts 2.21 says, It shall be that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. <laughs> because if thou shalt confess with thy mouth Jesus is Lord, and shall believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That's Romans 10.9. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That's the way. That's the road map to get out of any situation that you're in, and that's to confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you can do that. Anybody can do that. There might be somebody right now listening to this, and they might... Be ready right now to find their way out of this darkness that they're in, out of this pit. And if they'll just pray a little simple prayer right now with me, God is going to save you. Just say, Heavenly Father, I invite Jesus Christ into my life as my Lord, as my Savior. I believe Jesus died for my sins. His blood was shed so that I could be forgiven. And I believe that he has been raised from the dead. I surrender my life to you, Jesus. And I accept you as my Lord from this moment forward. I receive the forgiveness of sin through your shed blood, Jesus. Take out my old heart. Lord, give me a new heart, a new spirit a new life, and I will follow you with your help, by your grace, all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.
Some ride in the cab, but I hear that driver up there, man. He's downshifting. I think there's a truck stop up here. You're right, Dennis. I see the lights of the truck stop up ahead, but we got time for one more song, and I want to put on a song that Bill Shell helped me and my songwriting partner, Tom Caldwell, write. It's called um, A Sinner Thief, and this is Jessica Horton singing it for us. And it's off of our Lonesome Road Volume 3 CD. And if you'd like to get a copy of that Lonesome Road Volume 3 CD, we'd love to send you a copy. Log on to lonesomeroad.org and check out our website or just give me a call. 618-383-2107. Now here's Jessica Horton with A Sinner Thief. Oh, 
My friend, Gary Rayburn, has a song called At the Foot of the Tree that Dennis McKay uh, recorded for Gary and did an awesome job. And uh, that's the first song that we've done on, it is. on uh, Lonesome Road Volume, Volume one. 1. That was the very first one. Yeah. Here is Dennis McKay singing At the Foot of the Tree. Without hope, 18 wheels of lonesome at the end of the road. In my hand was a track the preacher had read, his words still echoing in the back of my head. I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past. I called his name This chance would it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Those 18 wheels are rolling that old lonesome road and I shared the good news wherever I go yes there's been a change I'm not the man I used to be and I tell everybody what's happened to me how I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past but I called his name This chance Could it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree And I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken-hearted and lonesome So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus Foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I'd been lost 
I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree. to hear from you my phone number is 618-383-2107 or you can call chaplain dennis mckay 662-889-2829 or you can give chaplain daryl spicer a call 615-663-3199 and we'll be in the cab with you next week that's right i'll be right here with gary and with daryl shifting gears and drinking coffee that's it yeah we'll talk at you later There you go. Rolling down that Easter Seaboard. I got my diesel turned up and she's running like never before. Well, there's a speed zone ahead, alright, but I don't see a cop in sight. Six days on the road and I'm gonna make it on tonight. I got me ten forward gears and a Georgia overdrive. I don't need no pills cause my eyes are open wide I just passed the Volvo and a white I've been passing everything inside Six days on the road and I'm gonna make it on tonight I'll take it home
Look out, Mama, here I come. 